Hello and welcome to the latest DAC Beechcroft's Lawcast. My name is Claire Laver, Head of Markets and Strategy for Fraud in the Claim Solutions Group of DAC Beechcroft. In this episode, Mark Gallagher, a partner in our coverage and liability team, is joined by Jacob Bebb, an associate in his team, to discuss suppression of policy defences available to insurers. This is the second in a series of podcasts that we will be making on property insurance fraud, so please follow us on Lawcast for further information on the topic. Hi Jacob, thank you for joining me again on our next fraud podcast. Do you want to give our listeners an overview on what you will be talking about today? Hi Mark. Having previously discussed exaggeration of claims, this time I would like to talk about suppression of policy defences available to insurers. Okay, so uh, what is suppression of a policy defence? In a nutshell, suppression, or attempted suppression, occurs where a policyholder deliberately tries to hide the fact that insurers have a policy defence to their claim, entitling them to decline indemnity or take another policy point. To illustrate this, I'll give you two examples I have come across over the years. The first one is where a policyholder suffers genuine damage to their property, say for example an escape of water. They realise they don't have any insurance in place to cover the damage, so they go online and quickly incept a property insurance policy. They then wait a few days and make a claim, but lie to insurers and say that the damage occurred on the day they made the claim, rather than the actual date. This would be attempted suppression of a policy defence, because if the policyholder had told insurers that the damage occurred prior to policy inception, insurers would decline the claim on the basis that the damage predated the period they were on risk. The second one would be a breach of an alarm condition. Insurance policies for commercial buildings usually have a bespoke alarm condition, requiring the policyholder to maintain a working alarm to a certain standard that must be activated when the property is unoccupied. A policyholder suffers a genuine burglary at their premises overnight and notifies insurers that at the time of the break-in, the alarm was not activated because it had broken down a few days earlier and hadn't been fixed yet. Insurers therefore notify the policyholder that they decline the claim for breach of the alarm condition. So the policyholder then creates a false invoice from an alarm company, alleging that the company attended the property the day before the incident and fixed the alarm. The policyholder further alleges that the person who notified insurers of the claim was mistaken about the alarm not working because he had not been working on the day it was fixed and was therefore unaware of it. In both of these examples, the policyholder's actions would be attempted suppression of a policy defence because they have deliberately lied about the claim circumstances and in one case created false documents to try and get the insurance claim over the line, knowing that the true circumstances would have entitled insurers to decline indemnity. So you mentioned the use of lies and false documents constituting fraud. So how does the uh, the Sloot case, uh, which we discussed in an earlier podcast, impact on suppression of defences? You'll recall that in the Sloot, the crux of that case was that a manager had lied about the circumstances resulting in the sinking of the ship, but it turned out that the true cause of the sinking was still covered by the relevant insurance policy anyway. As such, the Supreme Court held in that case that the manager's lie was a collateral lie, i.e. an immaterial lie, because it ultimately did not impact on insurers' indemnity obligations. 
However, the key difference between the Versloot ruling and suppression of policy defences is that suppressions concern lies that do impact on insurers' indemnity obligations because the true claim circumstances would entitle insurers to decline indemnity or take another policy point. Thus, the lies told by the policyholders attempting to suppress a policy defence are not collateral lies like in Versloot, but material lies that go to the heart of insurers' indemnity obligations. I personally think that the Versloot case would probably have been decided differently if it turned out that the true cause of the sinking ship would have entitled insurers to decline indemnity because the manager's lie about the cause would have constituted an attempted suppression of a policy defence. To use the two examples I gave earlier, the policyholder's lie about the date of damage is a material lie because the actual date of damage was pre-inception of the policy and accordingly would have entitled insurers to decline indemnity. Likewise, the creation of the false alarm invoice is a material lie because the policy has an alarm condition entitling insurers to decline indemnity in circumstances where the property was unoccupied and did not have a working alarm. Oh, thank you. Um, well, that's very interesting. Uh, so what would you recommend claims handlers can do to minimise the risk of policyholders attempting to suppress policy defences? Well, each case is fact specific, but there are two key things that insurers can do to try and protect themselves. Firstly, in respect of claims for damage that occurred shortly after policy inception, it is important to independently verify that the damage did not occur prior to policy inception. Secondly, on all claims, it is absolutely essential to obtain as much information possible about all the circumstances surrounding the claim at the outset and before insurers give any indication about their likely position on whether to accept or reject the insurance claim. In my experience, a lot of attempted suppressions occur after insurers indicate that they are or may be declining indemnity, so it is essential to get the insured's full story in a written or recorded format before giving any indication of the likely stance on policy cover. The right question should be asked at first notification of the claim and all discussions with the policyholder should be recorded or put in writing. This will make it harder for policyholders to change their story and try to suppress a policy defence and then try to blame the insurer for misunderstanding their position. Thank you, Jacob.